Hi, this is Spooky Tales, The Yell of the Night. I'm Nick. And I'm Tristan. And this is the second episode of our podcast. Yeah. Woo! Fun times. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we each brought a story today, and but this time I get to go first. Yeah. Just in case you were concerned that I was talking too much in the last episode. I get to hear um, him talk so much more. Oh, it's great. Is this one long too? No, I actually <laughs> did a really short story today um i'm doing the creepypasta about Robert i almost Bazaar. picked this one you did <laughs> yeah. that's great um, this is the first i ever heard about robert the doll so i decided that i should probably you know give it a shout out but tons of other podcasts have covered this but they're like reporting podcasts and mm. we're not a reporting podcast like I, like this reporting? is based on a real story oh but i'm not gonna report the facts i'm just gonna tell the fictionalized version on creepypasta okay. Um, it was written by Anonymous, which the wiki doesn't tell me, but I saw it on the actual creepypasta. Uh, what are you doing today? Um, I was going to read another pretty, I don't know if it's a popular creepypasta, but, uh, again, I Googled 15 scariest creepypastas <laughs> and was going through a list. And you just go for the throat, everything you do, huh? Exactly. Like, I want the scariest creepypasta. Actually, I don't know if this one's the scariest. Story. This one was more like, like the most interesting, but it's called Doors. It's okay. written by, and there is a blank space, so I'm assuming anonymous. Or it's just written by Creepypasta himself. Yeah, Mr. Creepy. Mr. Creepy. Or would it be Mr. Pasta, first Mr. name Creepy? Pasta? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Probably an impasta. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh at my own joke, but... Uh, me too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll uh, we'll get started and actually tell stories, huh? Um, and like I said, this was written by Anonymous. Um, I I found it on the wiki, and the wikis often don't have the author because crediting authors is lame. Um, so I went to the actual Creepypasta website, and it's actually written by an anonymous person. Oh. So um, don't yell at me for not crediting the artists, please. <laughs> Um, in the late 1800s, Thomas Otto and his family moved into a mansion on the corner of Eaton and Simington, in Key West, Florida, now known as the Artist House. The Ottos are known to be are known to be stern with their servants, sometimes even mistreating them. It was a treatment of one such Haitian servant that provides a twist in this story. Twist. Oh, we have a theme going. <laughs> Yeah, oh, we're doing an M. Night Shyamalan yeah. episode today. Yeah, oh. I didn't realize, because mine's got a twist, too. <laughs> <laughs> this woman was hired to take care of their son, Robert. One day, Miss Otto supposedly witnessed her practicing black magic in their backyard and fired her. Before she left, the woman gave Robert a lifelike doll, which stood three feet tall, had buttons for eyes, human hair, believed to be the actual boy Robert's hair, and was filled with straw. Dolls that resembled children were not of her, unheard of during this time, but this one proved to be special. Robert named the doll after himself. Hubris. <laughs> Thematic consistency <laughs> is important when you do podcasts. Um, it says that um, dolls that resembled children were not unheard of in this time, but we still do that today, like American yeah, girl dolls. Yeah, I almost dolls. made a joke, like, that's weird, and then I was like, but all dolls resemble yeah, children. And you're like... It would be weirder if adults did Do they mean they resemble, person. like, actual yeah, children? Yeah, like, like, this is what Robert looked like. Oh, okay, that's The okay. doll is what Robert looked like. But I guess baby dolls gotta look like someone. Well, yeah, but, like, American girl dolls are actually specifically made to be like the girl that you buy them for. 
Um, oh yeah, you can do that. I I had I had Kit as a kid. I don't know what that is. The only reason I bought him is because we had the same Bob haircut. <laughs> you both had tomboy hair, so yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It was a bond. No one could break. Robert the doll became his trustworthy companion. He took it with him on shopping trips into town. The doll had a seat at the dinner table where Robert would sneak at bites of food when his parents weren't looking. Robert would even be tucked into bed with the boy at night. Soon, this innocent relationship took on a strange nature. Oh, God, is Robert going to groan? Oh, it gets a lot worse. This is way worse than Harold. (laughs) (laughs) Soon after, Robert chose to be referred to by his middle name, Gene. So the little boy from henceforth will be referred to as Gene, and Robert is the doll. After being scolded by his mother, he told her that Robert was the doll's name, not him. Gene was often heard in his toy room having conversations with Robert. Gene would say something in his childish manner, and the response would be in a much lower voice. Sometimes Gene would become very agitated, agitated, worrying the servants and his mother. He would, on occasion, burst into um, her room or his room um, to find her son cowering in the corner while Robert sat perched on a chair or in the bed, glaring at him. This was only the beginning. Household objects would be found thrown across the room. Jean's toys turned up mutilated and giggling could be heard whenever these unusual acts took place. Jean always said, Robert did it. The boy took the punishment, but always insisted that the blame was Robert. More and more servants took their leave and new ones were hired. The Otto's relatives felt that it was time to do something. With the recommendation of the great aunts, Jean's parents removed Robert from his care and placed him in a box in the attic. This is where he resided for many years. Oh, no. Yeah. After the death of his father, Jean was willed his boyhood home. He decided to live in the Victorian mansion with his new wife. Jean had become an artist and felt the house was spacious and would provide a place for him to paint. He went to the attic and dusted off his childhood toy. He became attached to the doll, despite his wife. Um, Gene would take the doll along with him everywhere they went. He even sat at his favorite little chair while Gene and his wife slept nearby, like in their bedroom where they were married. Wait, what, he brought the doll back out? Yeah. Okay, so I'll get to it at the end of the story. But Okay. Um, Um, The turret room became Robert's domain after Mrs. Otto moved him back into the attic. Their marriage slowly became sour until Mrs. Otto supposedly went insane and died of unknown reasons. Jean followed soon behind. That's not suspicious at all. Robert supposedly attacked people, sometimes locking them in the attic. People who passed by claimed to hear evil laughter coming from the turret room. For some time, Robert remained in the empty house by himself until a new family purchased the mansion and restored it. The doll was once again moved to the attic. This pleased it as much as it did the first time. Not very much. (laughs) The doll was often found throughout the house. On one certain night, Robert was found at the foot of the owner's bed, giggling with a kitchen knife in hand. This was enough to send them fleeing from the home. Robert was later moved to the East Moronto Museum in Key West, still Florida, where he sits perched in a glass box. I feel like I've seen this on BuzzFeed Unsolved. There was a whole episode (laughs) of BuzzFeed Unsolved about this. That's Um, okay. (laughs) 
they did a way better job of covering the facts. <laughs> but like I said, this is I'm covering a story, not the, okay. not the whole facts. Um, despite his new living quarters, the doll is believed to not have given up his menacing ways. Visitors and employees claim they've seen the doll move. His smile has been known to turn into a scowl. One employee cleaned Robert, um, turned off the lights, and left for the night. But the next day, he returned to find the lights on, Robert sitting in a different position than the night before, and a fresh layer of dust on his shoes. Some say he'll even curse you. If you want to take a picture of him, you must ask politely. He'll tilt his head in permission. However, if he doesn't and you take a picture anyway, a curse will befall you and anyone who accompanied you to the museum. The same will happen if you make fun of him. To this day, Robert remains at the East Orlando Museum in his sailor suit, clutching his stuffed lion, continuing his menacing ways. Wait, since when did Robert get a stuffed lion? So... <laughs> I'm sorry. No, the details make the story. I know, but this is a fictionalization. They, I'm pretty sure that the museum oh, gave it to him. Okay. Um, because this story also glosses over some important things, like um, how he like got like his mom took the doll away when he was like 12 or something. Oh, okay. And he like moved out and grew up and like studied classical art. <laughs> And then only later, after his parents died, did he move back into the house with Robert. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess at first I was kind of confused why he started bringing the doll back out. But I guess yeah. if I found an old doll I really loved, yeah. I don't know if I'd be you know, displaying it in every room. I mean, but... until you start keeping it in spite of your wife being pissed off about it. <laughs> yeah, that is true. They had a very unhealthy relationship. Oh, my God, yeah. And then um, I totally believe that um, Robert killed <laughs> killed that woman. Poor Mrs. Otto. Yeah. Um, or maybe he did the whole, like, just possessing the person oh and then, like, yeah. yeah. Drove her into madness. Exactly. Whack. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but I really like this story because it is loosely based in, well, heavily based in fact. And um, that bit at the end where, like, you have to ask permission to take pictures of him or he'll curse you. People actually send the pictures back in the mail after they go back home begging for forgiveness because of all the bad luck that they get oh. from poor mm. Robert. Um, maybe I'll link a picture of him in the description. But it's said that if you make fun of him, even like just a picture of him, that he'll like fuck you up. So... I'm glad we're doing this podcast where we make fun okay, of horror I, stories. I was going to say <laughs> something, but now I won't. Can he read minds? Cause... Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't push it. <laughs> Too late. I'm cursed. Yep, we're cursed forever. <laughs> oh, boy. When did your life go downhill? That's when I started recording a podcast. It was September 16th, 5.44 p.m. Oh. So it's your turn now. I did my story about Robert the doll. Okay, yes. Mine also is similar. It has a little... An animatronic twist? Yeah. You know. I'm not going to say it's kind of obvious, but pay attention. <laughs> you did before. You said it was painfully <laughs> obvious. I saw it coming a mile away, but I don't want to be those people like, well, I saw it because I'm 
but so I feel uh, like maybe I won't. I mean, I'm probably dumber that than that is you, true. So. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, yeah, so <laughs> moving on. All right. Okay. Anyway, so it's doors written by Mr. Blank. Pasta himself. <laughs> Mr. Pasta himself. First name creepy, last name pasta. All right. Shake and mustard. Because he said James Bond. Okay. I'm going to let you tell your story now. (laughs) Okay. I was adopted. I never knew my real mother. Rather, I knew her at one time, but I left her side when I was too little to be able to remember. I loved my adopted family, though. They were so kind to me. I ate well. I lived in a warm and comfortable house, and I got to stay up pretty late. Let me tell you about my family. First, there's my mother. I never called her mom or anything like that. I just called her by her first name, Janice. Of course, it's fucking Janice. Was that one? I'm pretty sure I know Janice's order. Damn it. Oh, no, that's Janet. Never mind. I'm pretty sure I know Janice's order from Starbucks. It's fine. You have Janice's Starbucks? What does she get? I don't know. Probably a cold brew with cold food. That's what everyone drinks. I got a pumpkin cream cold brew. Okay, I want to be honest. The pumpkin cream cold brew is really good. (laughs) Did you just ask me if I've ever tried it? I forget that you worked there. (laughs) Okay. I never called her mom or anything like that. I just called her by her first name, Janice. She didn't mind at all, though. I called her that for so long, I don't think she even noticed. Anyhow, she was a very kind woman. I think she's the one who recommended my adoption in the first place. Sometimes I would lay my head against her in front of the television and she would tickle my back with her nails. She's one of those Hollywood mothers. I don't know what that means. You know, like Betty Draper. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You know, cold, pretty, kind of loving, but only because they feel like they have to be. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, like I said, I'm dumb, so... (laughs) Second, there's Dad. His real name was Richard, but he never really liked me much, so I began to refer to him as Dad, in a desperate attempt to gain his affection. It didn't work. I think that no matter what I called him, he would never love me as much as his own child. That's understandable, so I really didn't press the matter. The most notable attribute of Dad was his unmoving sternness. He was not afraid to pop his children when they did something wrong. I found that out before I could use the restroom properly. He didn't hesitate to spank me. Well... I'm in line, and it's because of his methods. Lastly is my sister. Little Emily was really young when I was adopted, so we were about the same age, but she was slightly older. I like to think of her as my little sister, though. We got along better than any sibling could possibly get along. We'd always stay up late together and just talk. Well, she did a lot of the talking. I mostly just listened because I loved her. It was a great setup that we had. We were short on bedrooms, so because I didn't want to sleep in the living room by myself when I was littler, I had a pallet set up for me next to her bed on the floor. This is, But it was cool with me because I enjoyed being with her, and I always felt pretty protective of my little sister. Everything changed on a horrible Wednesday night. I was at home taking a nap when little Emily opened the front door. The sound of the door opening pulled me to a state of consciousness, and I walked from the, from the room down the hall to the living room. That's when I first remembered it was Wednesday. I was never any good at keeping track of what day it was. Actually, let's go ahead and stay it. My sense of time was horrible. But nevertheless, I knew it was Wednesday because Emily had just come home from her church's youth group gathering. She walked in front of the door and hugged me and then was followed in by Dad and Janice. Okay. It's kind of totally fucked up that you would adopt a kid and then just make him sleep on the floor. Okay. <laughs> it's a yeah. little fucked up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, like... Also, it's a boy and you're making it... Not that is gender... Is it a boy? Role. Yeah. Not that gender roles matter, but I mean, I guess when you're young. I mean, when you're that young, though, like it doesn't matter at all. But yeah, 
it'll get awkward when they're both teenagers. Exactly. But, you know, whatever. You have a good nap, Janice said teasingly as she ruffled up my hair. I just shook my head away and snorted in a manner that clearly expressed that I was teasing back with her. Don't you snort at your mother like that, said my father gruffly with authority. He shut the door behind him and hung up his joke. I was clearly joking, I growled under my breath. He must not have heard me because I didn't feel him smack me. Emily then proceeded to our room and I followed. She started telling me about her day. You know, usual teenage girl stuff. But I listened so that she would feel better. After her summary, she suggested watching TV, and I obliged and jumped onto the couch as she was going for the remote. She rolled her eyes at my little brother-like immaturity and scooted me over and sat down. The TV turned on, and we watched it together until the sun went down. Emily was the kind of girl that, instead of watching cartoons and soap operas, would rather watch Discovery and Animal Planet and National Geographic. She's not like other girls. <laughs> She's she not likes like the intellectual thing. I don't watch soap operas. I, I don't watch, watch Animal part- Planet, which is just animal cartoons. soap operas. Hey, fuck that. Sometimes <laughs> you need a good day watching cartoons. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> sorry, I like to watch Yu-Gi-Oh and not <laughs> fucking. You know? should be sorry that you like to watch Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Planet Earth or whatever. I wasn't even on Animal Planet anymore. I used to watch funniest animal videos. Oh yeah. Damn, nature, you scary. <laughs> okay. And and National Geographic. I like those too, so I didn't mind. Actually, those were the only channels that could hold my attention. Because he's not like other boys. He's not. <laughs> so it got late and Janice walked up behind the sofa. Emily, it's past your bedtime. Turn off the television and go to your room. You too, she pointed at me. Emily turned off the program we were watching and grudgingly stood up. She started down the hallway to our room. As I followed, I couldn't shake the feeling that something wasn't right. We went into our room and Emily turned off the light. Just as she did, I caught a flash of movement out of the corner of my eye. It was at the window, but as soon as I redirected my line of sight to where the window was no longer in my peripheral vision, what it was I thought I saw was gone. I still remained alert, for my sister's sake. I I laid there in the darkness with nothing but the thin ray of light from the street lamp outside to illuminate the room. It wasn't much. Time and time again, I could have sworn that I heard subtle sounds just out the window. A twig break, leaves crunching, clothes jostling. And all the while, I could smell a faint stench of sweat and blood. I kept my eye open most of the night. What's the sound of of clothes jostling? You know, like... Yeah. Maybe he was wearing a windbreaker. Oh my god, the worst criminal ever. That's why crime was never committed in the 90s, just because everyone was wearing those windbreakers. I'm going to go rob a house just in my windbreaker. Windbreaker and a balaclava, and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) The sounds outside subsided and the smell left my nose. I began to feel at ease, my eyelids closed. Not long after that, I heard a very loud crash on the other side of the house. I was up in an instant. There's someone in the house, I barked with extreme adrenaline cursing through me. Wake up, I shrilly pleaded with Emily. She did, and as soon as I saw her sit up, I ran into my parents' room. Dad was dead. His neck was splayed open and gaping as blood spilled out of it. Off the bed and onto the floor. I saw the master's bathroom door was closed, and just before it, on the outside, was a man. A man. I don't feel comfortable calling it that. He was very large and rugged. He turned around and saw me, and that's when I saw him accurately for the first time. I will never forget it. His eyes were large and beady and trapped with lust. He was styling a beard that was badly unkept with blood dripping off. 
His clothes were dirty and his face was cold. Just then I noticed the same horrid smell of sweat and blood from earlier, but this time it was overwhelming. He saw me. He saw me and grinned with a set of crooked yellow teeth. That smile threw me off. I thought that I was going to die. But then he turned back to the bathroom door, completely unperturbed by my presence. I was terrified and didn't know what to do. I just yelled and cried. I watched as he shouldered through the door that was mom's only protection. I watched as he raised the large razor that he was carrying, but had obviously neglected to use properly. I watched as he sliced her open and tore her to shreds. I then heard something, the last thing that I wanted to hear. It was Emily's scream coming from behind me. The large monstrosity looked up from my butchered mother and stared at my little sister. I was distraught. He stood up and quickly started walking towards us. My sister turned and ran, and I was at a loss when he bypassed me and went straight after her. Why was she still in the house? Had she not assessed the situation and run? Apparently not, and now she was dead and I was alone. I ran after them both. I expected the man to kill her as he had the rest of my family, but I was sadly mistaken. He grabbed her by the arm and jerked her as a way to make it clear that he was in control. He dragged her through the house. I was making all the noise I could now, hoping and praying that someone would come to my aid. He mustn't take her. Not her. As he passed me, I backed against the wall and whimpered with terror. Why? He didn't respond except by putting his free hand on my head while Emily screamed and the other, saying, Good boy. He gave another crooked grin and a, grin and a very cold, unnatural laugh. I followed him to the door where he dragged my helpless sister after him. He opened it, pulled her out, and slammed it shut behind him. I am now sitting in the house with my mutilated adopted parents, shivering and whimpering with dismay. He's out there with her, doing who knows what to her, and I can't do anything. I would if I could, but I can't. I would chase after them in a heartbeat, but I can't. I sit here, looking at the front door. I look down at my paws. If only I could open doors. Because he's a furry. <laughs> Gross! <laughs> no! This was- <laughs> You just undercut the whole story. <laughs> he was in yeah. his fursuit and he couldn't get out. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> he should go to jail. <laughs> no, but that was good. And it makes sense that he was a dog. Um, no, it kind of gives it away when he's like, oh, he was sleeping in a pallet on the floor. And you're like, who the yeah, fuck likes your kid? I didn't think about that because I used to sleep the in thing that- pallets of like, blankets yeah. and stuff. The thing that really but- got me is when it says something I barked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was right, like, right then that I started to think, wouldn't it be a really cool twist if it was a dog? <laughs> yeah. <And> it was. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess just because I was expecting a twist, so I kind of started to, like, pick up on those things. You were, uh, yeah. Like, I think if I had read the story not knowing that there was a twist, How I think it would have. Because I was, a twist? Cause I was reading, I was reading summaries about oh. them before I picked which one I wanted to read. I know, because I'm boring. Like I said, there's people been... researching your stories beforehand, like are... an actual presenter. <laughs> people are going to act like I don't actually know horror, horror stories. Because I'm like, oh, well, I Googled <laughs> scariest creepypastas, and this one was here. I'm like, no, I just, I want to choose good ones. Yeah, to start no, I off think it was good. Before I throw out the like weird ones that I like oh, to yeah, read. Before we bring out, like, uh, I don't know, one, like the Russian sleep experiment. It was really long, though. I know. It's super good. I love that one. Yeah. All right.
All right, this has been Spooky Tales to Yell at the Night, and we've been shockingly consistent with our time because we'll probably be right around 30 minutes by the time this is done. Good, good. Um, if you'd like to, you can look us up on Twitter. Um, spooky underscore yelling. Yes, at spooky underscore yelling. Um, our Facebook page is Spooky Tales to Yell at the Night, which, thank goodness, because I totally forgot the login information for it. <laughs> <laughs> turns out it's our name. <laughs> yeah, turns out that's what we're called. And uh, those... Oh, fuck. Hold on. Oh, and our email. And those six words that I had to count out on my fingers because <laughs> I'm big dumb um, haven't been, been used now. together. Um, yeah. But yeah, we also have an email if you guys want to send us stories that you'd like for us to read and subsequently make fun of or be terrified by. If you can actually scare us in this brightly lit room we're recording in, that would be great. I don't think um, the yellow lighting of my bedroom is exactly... I don't know. Someone's going to write a super spooky story about how, like... Dude, write it about creepy apartments. Lighting. Okay? Because okay. that'll... Yes, give us nightmare fuel things. Yeah. Write but about that, because that always terrifies me. Our um, email is spooky tales to yell, all one word, no capitals, at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Um, Stay spooky. <laughs>